0: Let's open in prayer. Father God, we come before you with great honor and praise to reveal your word to us. And what have you, what you have taught us? May my words be clear, may they not be mine, but yours. Touch our hearts and our minds and our souls. In Jesus Christ, amen Thank you for everyone coming here today and uh, What I wanted to do we have perseverance of the Saints, but notice I space spaced it in the bulletin Perseverance of the Saints perseverance is an interesting as a word that we use but words change over Years over culture and things of that nature and it's interesting that just recently, in the 21st century, we have a new meaning for it. And there we are, Perseverance, one of the, uh, the rover on Mars. Now, that's a great name. I would have hoped that uh, some of the auto manufacturers could have got the designers to redesign it. So I would want one, but it's functional, but it's mechanical. Is that really Perseverance? Let me offer a truer perspective of it. Perseverance is steadfast, is steadfast in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Interesting. Always success comes in there. Never. Another uh, enhanced version is pretty much getting closer to how we should do it as Christians. Perseverance is referred to as having hope, even though one is still in difficulty with either no or little success. It denotes the action that one keeps experiencing victory regardless of the actual outcome. I think that's pretty much how we experience this. And the third one is perseverance means continued adherence to the belief, despite discouragement and opposition. I think this is the one thing that we're trying to get our hands on in perseverance. How can we go through this despite disappointment and opposition? This is that. What's our immediate response to that? And our immediate response is, you know, how can we do this? Well, it's clear to express God's perseverance in His people in Scripture. That's our. Our focus, we go to scripture. And as Bob mentioned last week, scripture is what we yearn for. This is what our life should be. Now, we'll go in for the fact that we'll start with a real synopsis of Genesis. Really quick. And one of it is Abraham and Sarah. All right? God promised Abraham in the city of Ur go and find a place I have for you. So he goes and searches. That was, a, that was something that he stayed focused on and deliberate. He went there. He leaned on God. He continued to go. He ended up becoming a f- friend of God. He was, he, he was God's friend. He was righteous. He was faithful. And he was given the opportunity that through him, he would build a great nation. Fascinating. And he was, by this time, he was late 80s, 90s. He didn't eat, didn't have any, so he tried to do it his own way. Didn't work. The human way. However, God told him, I'm going to do it so you know I'm with you. So Sarah, being 90, was in with child. It was a miracle baby. This solidified his continued perseverance in faith. All through this, then he has Isaac, his promised son. And he, Isaac turns around and has two kids that end up fighting. But he goes to, and Jacob ends up being faithful to God in all that he does. But he's, he's really struggling. And he's trying to find God's will, especially when he wrestles with God in Israel. Now, these are ordinary men and women struggling to find out how God is. They are doing it through promises and through blessings that they have been given. It's interesting that God even ended up protecting the, uh, Israel and his family by the most unusual way possible Joseph. Joseph actually was. The young man that was sold into slavery, battled through incredible odds. I don't think I would ever have survived those. But he persevered in that with focus on God. Imagine the great-grandson of Abraham actually got it. And he pushed. And he brought his family to Egypt to save them. And he had the most specific understanding of God's word, not even his word, of his promise from Abraham, because his brothers came to him and said, Hey, hey your father says, don't, don't come after us. All right, give it promise. But Joseph again crying in tears replies to them in uh, Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me, but God meant it, intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. This is 350 years. And Joseph is saying this. And then at his death, coming, approaching his death, he says he knows they're going to be taken out of Egypt because he leaves the message, take my bones with you. He didn't know when. He didn't know where. But he said that, a promise. He was leaning on God. Well, after a short time of four hundred and thirty years or so, there's a redeemer that comes. Moses is then called out a nation and given them a law. They go in as a family and they come out as a nation. And boy, what a crowd that was. Over over millions of people. There were a million people about plus. So he's drag- taking them out of there and... There was a lot of struggle back and forth. They had God's, again, God didn't, God's just prom, showing them things. You look at them, oh, 10 plagues, each one leading to eventually their exodus. Then they're backs to the Egypt. And all of a sudden the Red Sea opens and allows them to escape. And still they fight, still they don't. they're given the word. Still it do but God's faithful. And Moses is specifically faithful in this part. Continually encouraging them to go forward. This is a focus that we have. He gave us the word. That word is now, was written down. So we don't have to say, oh, it's just history or fables. We actually have the words of God. God's word in it. Now, the Shema is part of Deuteronomy. In the, uh, in the Jewish faith, they do these prayers. And this is one of the prayers that they read. Now, listen to this prayer and see if we can uphold. See how easy it is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our, your God is one. That's, we can agree with that, all right? Because we are believers. But it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Interesting. Heart, soul, your inner being, might, your strength, your ability, what God gave you. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. That's teaching. That's living it. You shall bind them as signs on your hand, and shall be frontlets between your eyes. All right? Your hand is dedicated to God. Everything you do. So we should be doing the things of God. Be watchful of them. His word on our minds constantly. It should be obvious to people that we're different. There's something different about us. We don't react the same way. Graciousness. You shall write them on your doorposts and in the house and on your gates. That's pretty... That's pretty inclusive. Everybody raise their hand who do that constantly, okay? No, no. (laughs) It's difficult. But these are the words that we mentioned last week that Jesus as a boy was questioning everything when he was before the elders at the temple. He was studying to know the word, even though he is the word, but he was studying to ingrain it into him as, as he went. This is the point. You can see the perseverance in this. This is kind of hard to do. It, this requires of each of us a faith and obedience which is not found anywhere except in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is the focus. That's what we do. This is it. His word is living and active. Active. All right. Now we got uh, the temptation of Jesus, which I'm very thankful the, uh, the Sunday school just did it uh, just moments ago. So uh, the whole thing is set up. Now, the adversary knows humanity for the very first success, right? Adam. Right? He did it. He's known it ever since Adam for millennia. He has figured us out. He has watched us. It's not just, and I'm saying humanity, men, not just yourself. He He knows where our weaknesses are. And um, the weak is physical, spiritual, and emotional and the desires, that kind of tension that we have that are weak spots when we're not focused in in the word. All right, so Jesus, in this particular passage, he leaves the uh, John the Baptist, as we saw, he goes out into the wilderness. He's already been said, you are the son of God. The announcement is made. It's like a herald as he walks into the desert. The wilderness, they say, well, it's pretty much a desert. And uh, 40 days, 40 nights. That would challenge anybody. I did seven days and I thought I was about done with it, <laughs> with a full fast. But 40 days and 40 nights. So the, the, the devil comes to him and he tempts him. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Bread. And Jesus' response immediately goes right to Scripture. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's, that is right out of Scripture. That is out of the, um, out of Deuteronomy 8.3. The second part is, he starts wavering on the struggle Spiritually. Well, these are things like we have, you know, we question, did we read it right? Can I get some help? There are things that we have. Uh, did I make a good decision, bad decision? Am I indecisive? Uh, and did I get the whole thing wrong after all? Right? That's weakness because we can make poor decisions. This is what uh, Satan does. Comes up to God. He takes him to the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God... He said, throw yourself down. For, now we quote scripture. Satan's quoting scripture. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands or so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Out of Psalm 91. Wow. You had to know your scripture. Because he does leave off the purpose of this whole thing. And Jesus responds, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to a test. Jesus, Satan wasn't going to push him off. He was enticing Jesus to jump off. And he says, no, I cannot tempt God. Now, the third example is what we struggle most with is our emotions. We are emotional messes. I am anyway I'm sorry I, I shouldn't put it on I'm not projecting but I'm an emotional mess and um, you know there's always a why me I there's some fear despair hits me the desire to have just a little bit more money just a little bit more respect. Oh respect is a big one. And power and pleasure you know we I would like to do that trip type stuff. So it's really one of those things that we really struggle with. And Satan knows it. So again, Satan takes him to a big mountain and shows him the entire area of the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. This is, and notice now he doesn't use scripture. Satan doesn't use scripture now. because he's All this I will give you. He said, if you will bow down and worship me. And, and Jesus comes right back and says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. How did you do the running? 6.13. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Interesting, the worship. And what is our worship? Isn't worship what we are and all our aspects of life devoted to the Father. And Romans 12 say, you know, you're a living sacrifice for a holy temple. Our whole life is worship. It's And it's got to be focused on God. Jesus knew it, and he gave it. A good example of how Jesus went head-to-head with Satan. Because with that, he is with us. He knows us. Therefore, being in Christ, we have that advocate behind us. Okay, for this reason, believers persevere is not the strength of their own commitment, but by Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit preserves us. Without Jesus as a shepherd of our souls and the faith, we are on very unsteady ground. Slippery slope, sand, quicksand. We're not on the rock. Out of um, Hebrews 6, 10, 11, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his saints and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence in the very to the very end, so that what you hope for may be fully ri- realized. Look at that. He's, he's commending them. But not only he's commending them for their struggle, what does he also said? Because they help the saints. That's what we do. We help one another in these times. We have struggles. We have tragedies. Things happen. Illnesses happen. Pain happens consistently, chronically. We are to support one another and we're commended for it. That because not only is it the person in the church who's persevering, it is the church. It is New Hope Chapel and the greater church is helping those people persevere. And he's being commended for it. Now the saints is one separated in the world and consecrated to God. And one holy by profession and by Covenant a believer in Jesus Christ It's all our effects Now um, The thing is we always want to hear the words Well done good and faithful servant And uh, on When when, uh, we look through this Let's cover some scripture That uh, I have here on on, In my uh, Notes I will read it Because the type is a little too small As we've already seen so, um, here we go. Jesus, the Father promises Jesus us. Here we go. John ten twenty eight twenty nine. 29. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. We're called by God And he's not gonna let anything us. He's not gonna let anybody snatch us. And he's given the authority over Jesus Christ to also advocate us Then Jesus ends interceding in the great uh, John 17 The pastoral prayer to the Saints and to the believers uh, verse 6 <clears throat> I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Fascinating. Nine. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. prayer. He's praying for us. He's praying for his people. We have an advocate before the Father. And the Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. That is the completion of our faith. To see Jesus in all of his glory before the Father. Who created us. These are specific. Verses. That we are secure. In Christ. Because Christ. Is with us. Paul celebrates it. He wants to emphasize that. He wants to celebrate to rejoice. The future. Uh, the present. Security. Future security. And the certainty that God will complete a good work. That will he will begin. In the believer's life. I love Paul because he, he does a great way of instructing us to apply it to our lives. He goes in Philippians 1, 4-6, in all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. For the first day until now, being confident of this, that we who begin a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of jesus christ you couldn't get more of an assurance from paul about what christ will do for us it's amazing that he also mentioned something in corinthians and we know corinthians was the perfect church <laughs> Um, they, had, they had their struggles but in first corinthians 1 8 and 9 he goes he will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of your lord jesus christ god is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son jesus christ our lord us. I praise that. He's calling us. Stand firm. Persevere. We understand and respond uh, to this for ourselves and our fellow saints, our fellow members of church, people we know. Godly people who are following Christ. We, being a new creation, are saved through persevering in faith and obedience in Christ-like living to the end. That's how they know who we are. Our life should be totally different. They should look at us and say, you're changed. Or if you've been in it for a while, people come up to you and they know something is particularly different. I remember doing, uh, at one of the workplaces I had, uh, truck drivers would come in and uh, they would always know from my response that something was different i remember one one, one, somebody said something different about you what is it i'm a christian just i didn't even say anything i was just the way i was handling life it's that's what we should do when we accept jesus christ as our lord and savior we are a new creation and we should be working at that to preserve to work in our new creation, to bring all these things to mind. So the application on some of these here is we must pursue holiness of our hearts and love of our neighbor, demonstrating our new creation by God. We are entitled to believe ourselves secure in Christ. Don't doubt it. Go back to those scriptures. God is fighting for you. Christ is fighting for you. Our hearts have to be right with them, with the Shema. We have to know that. We have to continually work on that. The part of the Shema is is mind-boggling, but if you keep on referring back to it, it continues to remind you of what God's asked us to do. He just wants us. He doesn't have us do sacrifice. He says, be in my word. Be faithful in my word. Practice it. Talk about it. Teach it to your kids. Lean on me. That is what God requires us to do. Um, so that is a I I'm encouraging you that that is how we do it we're not doing it on our own we are not but we must do what we can do and that is focus ourselves on the word and god will see it through to completion the next one is uh well, we may backslide and fall into sin but let's put it this way we all backslide and we all fall into sin so that is that is human nature Is their adversary the devil knows us intimately he knows what's our little triggers. He tests us. He tempts us. I'm not tests, but tempts us all the time. We know our problems. James always talked about tempting. What was, a te- what was tempted by the devil It's our own desires. But we, when we slip and oppose our new nature, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and compels us to repent and to be restored to righteousness. Ah, that's the key. When the Holy Spirit convicts us, we have to recognize it. And then turn ourselves around. Because, as Paul points, we have to examine ourselves. Truly understand ourselves. And when we repent and we're convicted, we must be restored to righteousness. Again, that's where the church in there are we now have disciple groups we have have different classes that we have but really that's what it is is to support one another in these groups it's not just uh, a a social event but when you join it with New Hope Chapel you know you're gonna have friends they're gonna have your best in mind your best of all. Now, there are times, I'm not going to just skip this, uh, slip over this one, but there is things that Christ, Jesus warns us about, and that's in Matthew uh, 13, 20 to 22, about the sower and the seed, where the sower lands on the, um, on the hard rock. Joy immediately springs, and when persecution and trials come up, the word is lost. And they fall away. It's because there is no depth to it. No depth. That was one of the things I that really caused a lot of problems in my early Christian life um, in Boston. And I read that, and all my life I'd been joy in the Lord, and then troubles had, and I fell away. Troubles happened, I fell away. And not until I became a Christian, I read this and then said, oh, that's me. I just fell away. Ah, I misunderstood scripture. Took me a little while, but I realized I had to cultivate that soil of the word in my life. Because this passage refers to somebody that just has joy and then loses it and then casts it all aside. But I took the word of advice in scripture and kept on applying it, and finally got my mind straight that I had to cultivate the soil to have good earth. And it wasn't me cultivating, it was the Lord pouring people into my life to understand that. So I did not do it. (laughs) The other one is the uh, people the false profession of the Lord. Lord, Lord, how do, you know, how do we not know you? We did this, we did that. Those are people who just, just do not have the heart that they need the lord they're not driven that way so there are warnings that jesus gives us but don't dwell realize that we must be repentant and restored to righteousness in order to persevere the next is when we manifest a humble and grateful desire we please our lord and the uh, psalmist expresses as a deer pants for water. So we our soul pants for you, the word. We should have a hunger for the word. Don't ever put that word down. As one of the men's groups I was in in another location, um, several of the men would they would have would have a habit of reading at least one word scripture a day and finding its application in life that's one way but keep yourself in the word doesn't need to be a memorization of an entire chapter but just keep it on your mind remember when we walk by the way we sit down when we get up next know god's heart is our main pursuit Without this desire, we will never stand on our own. That's the critical thing. We'll never stand because Jesus Christ is there. The author of Hebrews, which is the is verse twelve, is interesting. That he, what he comments on, and he says, "We do not want you to become lazy." But to imitate those who through faith and perseverance inherit what has been promised. Don't be lazy. Persevere. Let's pray. Father God, your words are like gold and silver to us. Lord, would you help them to continue to cultivate a spirit of holiness in us, a hunger for your word, a love for one another specifically, to grow us, to grow New Hope Chapel, to a life of commitment to you and to our fellow servants and the Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.